We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blenderhead, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, January 19th. We'll be taking a look at the NFL playoffs. Four games late on DraftKings. Maybe touch on some FanDuel. We got an, a UFC pay-per-view card. We'll talk a little bit about the the MMA slate as well. There, there may be John. There may be a fight that maybe there may be two fights that may not go. Oh, but we'll we'll. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see you know, with with weight misses we'll 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 I'll monitor that while while the show is going on. But uh, John Squirrel Patrol is here to break it all down with me. John, this is my last show. Programming note: last show till February first. I'm oh. going on. I'm going on. I'm going on back to back cruises. Flying at flying into Miami on Sunday, so I won't be playing this NFL slate. But I'm glad to get out of this cold. That's that's it. Like if I could survive two more days of seventeen degree weather, I get to go down to seventy and eighty degree weather. Nice. Yeah, we're it is like snowing outside my window right now. My daughter is off school. She woke up like two minutes before the show, <laughs> so the, she woke up at like ten fifty six, and I, you know, was hustling her downstairs because uh, she like stayed up late last night because she knew there was no school today. <laughs> right, snow days. Snow days are the best days when you're a kid, not when you're a parent. No, <laughs> but it's still kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of a lot of not going to school. <laughs> okay, so let's take a look at this uh, the four game uh, NFL slate, uh, which encompasses. I mean, essentially, it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. So we got two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. So obviously, not everything locks at the same time. Uh, I think the only questionable tag that we are caring about is the Mark Andrews questionable tag. I think he ends up playing. We have him in the projections. Uh, pretty healthy team totals. I mean, now that you got rid, now that you get rid of the bad teams, the totals actually look fairly decent. We got San Francisco 30 implied team total, Detroit 27 and a half implied team total, 
Baltimore, 26 and a half implied team total. I mean, these are these are fairly healthy. Obviously, you know, if they're playing a game in Buffalo, it'll be indoors in Detroit, San Francisco, you know, it's California weather and Baltimore, probably a little a little nippy there as well. Uh obviously four games late, you don't have that many choices. From a macro standpoint, we talk about this often when we when we do these like two game, three game, the Thanksgiving type of slates. Four games is a little bit, you get a little bit more choice, a little bit more choice on a four-gamer. But are you still more likely to overstack games being that, let me find the game that goes significantly over, or are you a little bit more, a little bit here, a little bit there? Like, will you just stack San Francisco, stack the lines, just stack games and take, you know, four plus two, Three plus three, those types of things, or is there like not enough value that you don't want to do that? No, I think there's actually pretty good value. Uh, the, the pricing seems pretty soft. Um, I don't know if this is like an intentional thing that like FanDuel and DraftKings do to, you know, during the playoffs, and sometimes seems like Thanksgiving slates, uh, Christmas slates, or whatever. Like it's uh, the, the pricing is a little bit softer. Maybe they're trying to draw in more of a casual user. Uh, like Christian McCaffrey should not be 8,800. He closed the season at like 9,600. He didn't get worse. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the pricing is, is pretty reasonable. Uh, and there are you know, still some pretty good value wide receivers. So you can kind of do what you want this week. And I would still lean towards like overstacking games. Uh, I think that like worked out last week. I think if you like overstack the Dallas Spring Day game, it wasn't necessarily a game that I would have thought. Uh, but I did. I, yeah, I think it helped me last week that I, in my games, I had like Dak Prescott. I had a ton of, you know, Jake Ferguson, Michael Gallup, um, and, you know, Aaron Jones, uh, like Romeo Dobbs. Like, and so I think overstacking the games is still a, a good way to go. Although with this slate, I don't know that I would necessarily like force in a bunch of runbacks. Like if you're stacking San Francisco, maybe you just want to stack San Francisco. Uh, you know, if you're stacking Baltimore, maybe you just want to stack Baltimore. Well, I see that from our projections, and like I said, I'm 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 going to be flying into Miami on Sunday, so I'm not playing this this uh, this slate. I'll play the MMA slate tomorrow, but not the NFL slate. It seems like a lot of the value from a point per dollar salary adjusted value standpoint is on the lines, yeah. right? We got Jared Goff, sixty three hundred, Amon Ross St. Brown, eighty two hundred. You got there, you know, Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, some cheap receivers. Uh, I mean, Jameer Gibbs is there. I mean, he'll be owned, but consider a value. Uh, Would this be the game that, like, you could play, you could play lineups with McCaffrey and Amara St. Brown in them. Like, this, it's not, it's not, it's not hard to do that. But being that they're going to be the, probably the two highest owned players. Would you consider doing lineups that only had one? That's my first question. And number two, if Detroit passing stacks are going to be popular, are these the types of lineups where would you rather play David Montgomery as leverage or would you rather just overstack Detroit and then play Mike Evans and Rashad White and play like the Tampa Bay pieces. You mentioned before, there are some teams that you really don't want, you know, you're not prioritizing runbacks. It feels like this is the game that I I I I think taking the the Buccaneers runbacks 
seem much more fruitful than, let's say, the Packers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think this game is maybe the one that's uh, most likely to turn into a shootout. Uh, you've got it's the indoor game. You've got uh, really bad Tampa Bay pass defense. Um, so I, this is the game that like, this game is just underpriced. And I agree. The, the Lions are just underpriced. I don't know why. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is, I think, the most expensive wide receiver, but uh, like he should be. And like Jared Goff is the sixth most expensive quarterback. The team has the second highest implied point total. Um, I don't know. This just doesn't make sense. I mean, he's not like a running threat, but like Jared Goff's too cheap. Brock Purdy's too cheap too. Um, you know, I, I like, I like playing running quarterbacks and so like I'll, I'll be getting some Lamar Jackson, um, but the price difference is too much between Jackson uh, and like, and Jared Goff and, and um, Brock Purdy. So yeah, I agree that the Lions are underpriced and yeah, they like Josh Reynolds, 3,700 James Williams, 3,600. Um, I'm probably going to be over the field on the ownership percentages we're showing on Christian McCaffrey and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, even if I stack another game, you can still just get Amon Ross St. Brown and or Christian McCaffrey pretty easily. Um, and I think sometimes you can do both, <laughs> even if you're stacking another game. Um, but even if you know you're stacking, say the Houston Baltimore game, like you can still fit in Christian McCaffrey um, or Amon Ross St. Brown or both. Right. I mean. I mean, you can fill in all your wide receiver spots. I mean, if you wanted to look on the screen, got Goff, Amon Ra, Reynolds, Williams, Rashad White, Mike Evans. Uh, you're not going to be able to play uh, Christian McCaffrey in this lineup because uh, your average remaining player salary is 48.33. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed, even if you take out one of these guys. Like you only play one of Reynolds or Williams, or you only play one of Evans or White. I mean. The thing is, is that from a strategic standpoint, game theory wise, like if people are playing value receivers, you have to figure that Reynolds, Williams and Khalil Shakir on the bills are going to eat up like all the, the cheap wide receiver ownership that if I want to play those guys, I feel like I want to play them more in a correlated way while other people may be playing them as one-offs. Like they're, they're playing Jamison Williams as a one-off in a San Francisco stack. And I'd rather just have Jamison Williams not be a one-off and be tied more to golf and more to those types of lineups. Because I just don't like eating 20%, 25%, owned, you know, value wide receivers that everyone else is going to have. Everyone's going to have the same construction. I want to have a slightly yeah. different construction. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think like, you can fit in some like John Mechie. He's about the same price. I think he's actually a little bit cheaper. Right. So you can, like, if you're playing like a Lamar Jackson, um, yeah, you probably want to run that back with John Mechie rather, or, or Robert Woods rather than um, than James Williams or Josh Reynolds. And yeah, like 150 lineups, I'll have some like Lamar Jackson, James Williams, Josh Reynolds, or whatever. You know, like, that'll, that'll happen. Um, but I agree. Like, it, you would rather stack up Lamar Jackson with a couple of people from that game. And like, so you're going to get different value pieces in that way. And that's one of the reasons I like kind of overstacking. Um, Cause if you, if you force in, you know, that, that group, the Lamar Jackson has to be, or, or CJ Stroud, or it has to be paired with at least, you know, three, four, five, you know, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends from the same game. Then you start getting those kind of value pieces um, like Rashad Bateman, um, Adele Beckham, 
the the cheaper wide receivers that are gonna be like way less owned. I, I agree. Well, we'll probably see like really high ownership on uh, Jameson Williams and Josh Reynolds uh, because they're gonna be the guys that project the best. And so, and a lot of people are just running off of projections. So it does make sense to like to fit in some other value guys from gain maybe featuring you know your quarterback for that lineup. Obviously, the 49ers are going to be popular. I don't know if we really have to talk that much about them. You know, Purdy, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey. People are going to play a ton of them. There's not They project well, raw points-wise, point-per-dollar-wise. They're fine. It just seems odd to me. It's not odd. I can tell based on the pricing and how the projections lay out that I think the lowest-owned favorites – right? So we're talking about the favorites are going to be the two quarterbacks that actually rush the ball a lot. Yeah. And I just got news on Twitter. Mark Andrews is not expected to play. That okay. news literally, literally just came in from Ian Rappaport six seconds ago. So they're not expected to activate Mark Andrews from injured reserve to play against the Texans as he's not quite ready to return from a significant ankle injury. So that that opens up that okay maybe the maybe some of the Ravens end up being a little bit more chalk. I mean, uh, we take a look at Isaiah Likely. I mean, he's forty seven hundred, so like he'll just kind of slot into the Mark Andrews projection. But obviously, that may bump up like Zay Flowers a little, or OBJ and some of these other guys, Rashad Bateman a little. Just I mean, obviously, Andrews commands a little bit higher target share than other you know than Likely, I guess. Uh, but going back to what I was saying, it just seems like Lamar Jackson, these two expensive quarterbacks on the slate are the two quarterbacks that have actual shots at like 50 to 100 yards rushing and rushing touchdowns. And they're going to be the lowest owned out of the bunch because the pieces in their games, the, the Ravens subsidiary pieces and the Bills subsidiary pieces, they have a lot of options. And they're not all priced all that greatly for their projection from a median standpoint. Does that make you more or less want to play a lot and stack these guys? Because the ceilings here are still immense. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, but I do think I want to focus on like the, on like Lamar Jackson. Like, so if I'm not using one of the more value quarterbacks, like, uh, like Brock Purdy or, or Jared Goff. Yeah. I probably want to play Lamar Jackson as as the next guy and it's because of and i i want to be over the field on lamar jackson in in tournaments um because he does have that upside it's just if he doesn't get the rushing yards um like let's say it's a like Gus edwards game then it's then he can put up a pretty bad score right <laughs> you know and then and he's the most expensive um yeah and he's the most i guess the second most expensive quarterback after josh allen uh but yeah I, out of like the more expensive guys, I think Lamar Jackson is the guy that I want to target because of that that rushing upside. So who are you looking to pair him with? Is it going to be? I mean, you have I I see in your expert survey your expert plays. Make that bull case on uh, on Odell Beckham Jr. because I was kind of like I was looking through before the show. It's like, oh okay, because I was looking at Lamar Jackson, but I was thinking of. Playing, doing the flowers likely combination. Flowers, I mean, obviously Andrews isn't playing anymore. Like doing that combination. Yeah. Is is OBJ just, you know, you highlighted him just just due to price that he's forty six hundred and kind of in no man's land. 
I do. I, I think it's a price thing. Like I, I like Zay Flowers better. If, if Zay Flowers is forty six hundred, I'd be playing Zay Flowers. Um, Odell Beckham is cheaper. I think there's a, a chance you see teams like kind of focus more on on their primary guys. And I think Odell Beckham is like the wide receiver too. There, right? it's not Nelson Aguilar. It's not Rashad Bateman. Um, and like we saw in the later weeks of the season, you see, you know, like uh, guys like Tyron Wallace, Wallace, and um and Aguilar and they had another guy that like oh we're playing like these wide receivers and the Ravens like it's not that time anymore it's time where like teams are going to focus on their their guys I think Odell Beckham was coming back from an injury you know this season and I think so at the beginning of the season maybe they're not like really you know trying to force him into the snaps a lot more than he's ready for um he kind of hit stride around the middle of the the season or middle towards later end of the season um, and then they start cutting back a little bit more, right? As it's getting to like week 16, 17 kind of nonsense. Uh, but I, I think it's a play. So I think they're ready to to run him out there. I think he's their second best wide receiver. Um, so he's a guy that I would, you know, you compare Lamar Jackson with Odell Beckham and and you're saving some money. And you can all, you know, now you can also pair him with Isaiah Likely. So I think that's a that's a good option as well. So you'd rather do Lamar OBJ likely than Lamar OBJ Flowers. Hmm. Potentially, yeah. Because I, th- um, I don't know. Or all I, three of them. Why not all three? Yeah. Of them yeah, you could you could overstack them. Like Lamar Jackson, you know, can throw for a lot of touchdowns. Like this is not a good Houston pass defense. Uh, Baltimore has got a pretty good implied point total. I don't feel that strongly. Like if I have to choose between Zay Flowers and Isaiah Likely for the price, um, I don't feel that. Don't feel that strongly. Um, I'd probably lean towards Likely. Just because I think you're saving, I think he's like 4,600. Um, so I think you're 4,700. I think you're saving a little bit there, and you're filling the tight end position. Like tight end position is, is really interesting on these like smaller slates because it's really a crapshoot. Uh, you're kind of guessing like who's going to get the touchdown. This, I guess, this one we do have some pretty good tight ends. Um, you know, we have Kittle and Kelsey, uh, and you know the Baltimore tight ends, Dalton Schultz. But I think if your if your quarterback is throwing a, a touchdown or two to the tight end. Like that's that's elevating that position a lot, and it's elevating your quarterback as well as we kind of saw with like Dak Prescott and, and Jake Ferguson last weekend. If you were to run it back with Texans players, uh, based on your uh, extra play tag on lineup HQ, seems like you prefer Devin Singletary to Nico Collins. Why is that? I like Collins as well, but Collins is just expensive, and I think the Baltimore rush defense is. Um, yeah, it's more susceptible than the Baltimore pass defense. Also, like Singletary is just really well priced. Like, it, I, I think a lot of um, decisions this week are going to come down to like, do you want to play Isaiah Pacheco at sixty four hundred or, or Devin Singletary at fifty seven hundred? I'd probably rather play Singletary and, and save the money. Um, like Singletary has been the primary like workhorse back for the Texans uh, for most of the season now. I mean, still kind of started around mid season, um, but he's the guy there. He's got at least like three receptions. I think in four of the last five games, so he's he's catching passes as well. And at fifty seven hundred, I guess uh, that's hitting you seven hundred off of Isaiah Pacheco. Like I don't I don't mind Pacheco. I'll be playing like a good amount of Pacheco in my my one fifty set. But like if I had to choose between the two, I'm probably probably playing Devin Singletary. And I think like if Lamar Jackson's having a great game, then Houston's got to pass a little bit more. Maybe Devin Singletary's getting some more, you know, a couple more receptions uh, that maybe elevates him. And at fifty seven hundred, like that's I think he's one of the cheaper 
starting running back. I think he is the, the cheapest starting running back. I don't know why um, he's the cheapest. So, um, yeah, I would. I, I like Devin Singletary as, as the run back for, uh, for Lamar Jackson. But, like, if I can get to some Nico Collins, I will. Like, he's he's a guy – like, the Baltimore pass defense uh, is not an easy defense to face. But, like, Nico Collins can get there in one play and suddenly, like, turn this slate on its head. So, um, yeah, I, I, nothing against Nico Collins. Uh, with your focus towards that Ravens game, it seems like you're less inclined to play this, this Buffalo-KC game. And – even though KC is the underdog, they're actually going to be the higher-owned team on the slate, likely. I mean, because Mahomes is 6,800. That's the lowest we've ever seen him. Kelsey's 6K. Uh, Pacheco is going to be popular at 6,400. Rasheed Rice is going to be popular at 6,800. I mean, we I, I say that Mahomes and Kelsey are the cheapest they've been. Maybe that's the price they should be. I mean, like, like maybe, maybe the way that it's going, they're going to be facing Buffalo's defense in Buffalo. Uh, I mean, the Bills' prices aren't the Bills. The Bills are overpriced, right? Diggs has not lived up to his price tag. I mean, he's seven k. Maybe he, sh- maybe he shouldn't be eight k like he's been. Feels like this this game is filled of all these people that used to have higher prices. Now it looks. If, if it looks like they're cheap, but maybe, maybe they should be. And, and yeah. why, why rush into playing like KC stacks on the road in the cold in Buffalo? Yeah, exactly. Um, trying to see what we've got Mahomes. Yeah. We've got Mahomes projected for like 20.3 DraftKings points. Um, he's gone over 21 uh, DraftKings points exactly zero times in his last 10 games. So, um, yeah, he should be cheaper. <laughs> um, and the, the offense is not the offense of the past. I mean, they're, they're still winning games, um, but they, this is not like the explosive Kansas City offense of like Tyreek Hill. Uh, so I think Mahomes is a quarterback like I'm just, just frankly not that interested in. Um, I'll probably be under the field at, at 15%. I, I'll use him in my 150 set. I'll stack him with some Travis Kelsey and hope they can relive the glory days. Um, I think you can capture a good amount of this offense with Isaiah Pacheco and, and or Rasheed Rice. Uh, so I, those are the guys, yeah, like you said, they're popular, but I'll, like, I won't look to be under the field on them. I will probably end up under the field on, on Patrick Mahomes. How about the Buffalo side? I mean, how many people are playing like James Cook, Diggs, Shakir, Kincaid? I mean, any of these types of guys. Josh Allen at 8K? Yeah. I mean, how much is your interest in playing a – Josh and Allen dig Shakir or Kincaid, like they don't rate out very well from a median projection standpoint. Uh, it seems like, seems like you're not thrilled about you'd, you'd much rather, you'd, you'd much rather play Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I'd rather play Lamar Jackson. Um, it's just a higher scoring game. I mean, Josh Allen had a great game last week, but a lot of that came on one run. I think it was like a something 70 yard, run it was a 52 um, yard touchdown run i believe yeah so that i mean that's why i like playing rushing quarterbacks because that's what 11 points <laughs> um, like let's love draftings points like what kind of touchdown is pass is that um because the, the touchdown passes are four that would be a seven that would be a that would be a, like a yeah it would have to be something more like like a 180 yard touchdown pass yeah exactly so that's why you play <laughs> um like rushing quarterbacks i just don't know if like this is the game. Like I don't know if Josh Allen can do that again. Um, I had 
for the for the price, I'd rather play Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, I, I just think the offense is more dynamic. I think Lamar Jackson probably has more ways of getting there. Um, so probably gonna end up playing Lamar Jackson over over Josh Allen. That's kind of reflected in the implied point totals. Uh, I, I prefer Josh Allen even at eight thousand to Mahomes at sixty eight hundred. Um, I just I think Josh Allen's a little bit too overpriced. Like if I'm spending up, I'd rather spend up for Lamar Jackson. Will you have a hit in the nuts article for uh, for this four game slate? Yeah, uh, so that'll be I gotta start that. <laughs> gotta start that soon. That'll probably be out, you know, this afternoon or tonight. Um, so yeah, just a uh, regular hit in the nuts. Right, and that's for premium members. So if you want to join Roto Grinders Premium, you get you get all of all of our projections, our ownership, our 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 premium content, lineup HQ, the lineup builder, Sim Labs, right? To show a little off, you know, Sim Sim Labs is now behind the paywall. You get you get that. You could sim, you could run our Sims. We also have NBA in beta for Sim Labs. You get that also. You get NBA projections updated every time news comes out. We update. We get we get everything. You get access to our Discord. You get. The whole shebang combo premium here at Roto Grinders. Click on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month, and you could you could try to hit the nuts with the uh, with Squirrel Patrol. But let's talk about uh, you know for the last you know maybe ten minutes of the show the uh, the MMA the MMA slate tomorrow UFC two something or other whatever two ninety eight right ninety seven I think two ninety seven right right uh. Reach, getting up to 300. Jim Miller's going to be on the three on UFC 100, 200, and 300. That's it just seems yeah. insane that you'd be able to do that. Uh, it's a 12 fight slate. It has one five round main event. Two. Uh, two five two? rounds. Okay. Yeah. I think the uh, Buena Silva and Bennington fights. I think, I believe, is a five round. I don't believe so. Am I wrong? I think it's a title fight. It's for the vacant. Uh... Oh, it's, oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I want. We should. I, I should check on that. Let's make sure. I was under the impression it was only going to be a three round fight. I didn't no, realize I'm, it was a. Yeah, I'm seeing on typology. Um, that's a. Uh, that's a five round fight. It, yeah, it's for the vacant uh, bantamweight championship. So I think it's got to be. Oh, five okay. oh, okay. I can't believe they they still they still have a bantamweight title. Um, who is it? Was this Nunez? Somebody left. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's so the one, I think it's, it's the one. It's the what's the one? The one forty-five title. Uh, one thirty-five. One thirty-five title. I, I I know one of them is vacant. Okay. Well, that changes things. I have to put that on my sheet. Uh, the two fights. Uh, the well, three pieces pieces of news. Okay. So Jasmine Jasuda Vicious and uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. I may be John. I may be like giving you the news because you may not have seen it. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be fighting at 135, not 125. They're fighting at a catch weight. Yeah. Cachoeira couldn't, uh, had too much trouble making weight. So they'd agreed, both camps agreed on a catch weight. They're, they both weighed in at 133 and a half. Okay. So this, this fight is not going to be at 125. Uh, then we have uh, Malcolm Gordon uh, missed weight by two and a half pounds or like a two pounds or something like that. I'm assuming that fight's going to go on. Uh, and Gordon's going to, you know, sacrifice 30% of his purse or something like that. The one that I'm more concerned about is Ramon Tavares against uh, Sidi or whatever his name is, Sidi. Uh, these are newcomers, and uh, it's not a good look when Ramon Tavares uh, misses weight by almost four pounds. 
as a UFC newcomer. Uh, that would be more of the fight that may not happen because that's a that's a significant enough weight miss, especially for newcomers that they'll just say, uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck in your future endeavors. Get out of here. Yeah, that's an interesting one because I think uh, Saidi is a – I think they're both the Inouye Contender Series alums. I think this is actually a rematch from like one of those fights. and um, But they might put pressure on Saidi to take the fight because <laughs> they're both newcomers. Um, yeah, and uh, Dana White uh, kind of with the, the Stephen Thompson miss, I think it was, I kind of started putting some pressure on these guys to like accept the fights, even if their opponent misses weight. Um, so there might be right. some some pressure there. But I think last week was one in uh, uh, Cop and uh, Nicolau, was, I think it was Cop missed weight, and it, it was initially agreed to and then like canceled later in the day. So yeah, we have to see what happens with this one. I think the big news is, is it's a Canadian card, and I feel like last Canadian card every single Canadian one. <laughs> and, right. And, uh, They're Canadian, just take them, right? Yeah. And I, I think some of that is like they, you know, they're trying to put the better Canadian fighters on this card, right? And they want to give them, yeah, they want to give the home crowd something to, to cheer for. And uh, it seems like sketchier in UFC because it comes down to, you know, judges scorecards. I mean, there's a home field advantage in every sport, right? Like why does the, why does the NBA team, you know, why do NBA teams have like a home field advantage? The crowd, affect you know affects referees and umpires and uh all the time so and i do i think it, it impacts judges scorecards right like when you've got the home crowd behind a guy and he punches and everybody goes ooh, you know then it seems like a much more impactful <laughs> you know, strike right um but i do i think probably a little bit of an edge to the canadian fighters who are generally the like the better more experienced or uh better skilled fighters in their their matches anyway on this card uh, but yeah, something to be something to be aware of. Um, I'm not doing uh, a, a takedowns article for this one, so not doing the UFC content until at least the written content until uh, football is probably over. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. There's some high scoring fighters on this card as well, um, and so that's something to be aware of as well. Like I think I said last week, we can't always predict uh, how well a fighter is going to score. But sometimes they do. Like sometimes they do have styles that score well for drafting scoring. So I think that's something to be aware aware of as well. Like I think Evlia Evlov, uh, you know, pretty high score generally. Like gets a lot of takedowns. Jillian Robertson can be pretty high scoring. Um, yeah, she's one of just the female fighters. Just is also with takedowns. As yeah, well. we have a lot. We have a lot of female fighters that actually have takedown upside. Yeah, rather than male fighters with the takedown upside, and then also. The dynamic on this slate, I mean, obviously, yeah, I didn't realize that the that it was the the vacant bantamweight title fight. So that eighty six hundred seventy six hundred dollar fight is going to be a five rounder. Uh, but the Strickland Duplessis fight is the eighty two hundred eight thousand dollar fight, and Strickland is a I mean, Strickland volume puncher Drickus Duplessis. I mean, this fight is expected to be action at eighty two hundred eight thousand and five rounds to work with. It's, I mean, it's going to be the most popular fight on the slate. I mean, we have it projected to be like 85% owned in total. At this price, it's hard for me to to say, like, it's hard for me to build any lineup that doesn't include at least one of these fighters because it's very high. It's much highly likely. We'll have the, uh, the, uh, our SIM percentages up and that's for, for, for premium members. I would have to suspect that our, the the optimal rates of Strickland and Duplessis are going to top the 
are going to top the model at because just solely due to their price. Now, it's not going to be one highly over the other. Like I, I can see Duplessis being slightly more optimal because he's two hundred dollars cheaper, but I can see that our Sims may even say that this fight is optimal like ninety four percent of the time. Like like it, you probably should be playing one of these guys. Yeah, I'm really interested to see the sim results as well. Actually, um, you yeah you brought that up, but I, this is probably the fight where I'm most interested to see what the results of our Sims say uh, because yeah. It's, it's high paced, like high scoring five rounds in the middle of the price range. Like, I don't know how you get away, <laughs> get away from this fight. Um, and Duplessis is like his odds have been rising like, you know, throughout the week. So it's really a, a pick em fight now, but Duplessis is, is $200 cheaper. Um, and it, it, I'm interested to see if the line flips a little bit because it's, it's about even money on some books now. I think even, I think Duplessis is even favored on like a book or two if you look at like some of the odds, odd aggregating sites. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be an interesting one. Um, I'm, I think last, I think last week and in previous weeks, I've said, you know, sometimes the, the main event can be overwhelmed because, um, you know, like the, sometimes it just ends in the second round or the third round. It's just another fight. Um, and sometimes it can be high scoring in those cases. Sometimes not though. This one, I don't, I have a hard time seeing this one not get there because both guys score really well and they have the five rounds. So like, there's a good chance, even if it does end in the third round, that it's, it's still a high scoring fight. And if it goes into the fifth round, it could be like bananas on either side. So um this is gonna be an interesting one. And but yeah, the the female fight being a five rounder adds an interesting dynamic because it's not like it's not impossible that then the, the other five round fight scores better than you would think. Uh, and so do you do you try to play both five rounders? I don't know. Um that's an interesting well, I th- I think thing. that I, I would play at least one. I mean, like yeah. I, I'm. It's more of the price because Bueno Silva is eighty six hundred and Pennington seventy six hundred. Like it's just so much easier at those prices to make the optimal lineup. The here the key fight on the slate that I want to get your your thoughts on, John, Malcolm Gordon, Jimmy Flick. It's eighty three hundred seventy nine hundred. These prices came out like last week, and all the money is coming on Malcolm Gordon. So Malcolm Gordon is now up to like a minus two twenty. I don't know what's going to happen with the weight misses and anything like that, but like just from a line value perspective, remember DraftKings prices these these fighters not based on like historical scoring, but just based on win odds. So you're going to get like yeah, Jasmine Jasuda Vicious is ninety five hundred because she's minus three seventy. Malat's minus three fifty, but of course Malat is is minus two twenty five inside the distance, right? At yeah. ninety three nine, I think he's going to be very popular. He's obviously Canadian. Right, we have Jasmine's Canadian, Malat's Canadian. I mean, we have a lot of Canadians on the on the card. Uh, but Malcolm Gordon, I mean, he may be fifty percent owned just because if they reprice if if they reprice the fights now, he would be a ninth. He would be a the nine thousand dollar fighter. He wouldn't be the eighty three hundred dollar fighter. He's minus one fifty inside the distance, also. But if you played MM, if you played, if you played MMA DFS. For a long enough time, Malcolm Gordon's not the type of fighter that you're that you you feel comfortable with saying, "Oh, he's a minus two twenty favorite with minus one fifty inside the distance." We've seen Mike Malcolm Gordon uh, essentially shit the bed plenty of times. Uh, are you more likely because at eighty three hundred at minus one fifty inside the distance? I mean, 
it's hard it's hard to not it's hard to not click on that also because yeah those metrics you just don't see for that price anywhere else and then allows you to pretty much do whatever the hell you want but then you have jimmy flick there who obviously is an anti-line value choice at plus 185 at 7900 plus 285 inside the, this this fight most likely doesn't go three rounds if Jimmy Flick's going to be like 10% owned because Malcolm Gordon is so highly owned, why not play that as leverage? It just, it, I only mention this because if I'm going to, if I'm going to be playing lineups where it's like, okay, I'm going to pick one of Sean Strickland or Duplessis. I'm going to pick one of Bueno Silva or Raquel Pennington. I feel like if I have Malcolm Gordon in my lineup, it's like, I'm just like, I'm removing all the comments, especially in large field contests. Like, there's only three more fighters I can put in my lineup. How many combinations exist like that? And I've just locked in, like, the chalkiest three-person combination that I can in my lineup that I got to sacrifice one of these things. And I'm not sure if it's one of the five-round fights or Malcolm Gordon. Yeah, I think it's going to be Malcolm Gordon. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'd much rather go to either of the, you know, the Duplessis or, or Strickland. Right now, I think we're showing... Uh, Malcolm Gordon out projecting both Strickland and Duplessis and being owned at a higher rate than them. I don't, I'm not sure I'd buy that. Like I would rather take either one of the, uh, you know, the men's five round fighters over Malcolm. But Gordon. how about how about Bueno Silver and Pennington? How about the the women's five round fighters? Yeah, I'd probably. I, I think I'm gonna. I don't know if Malcolm Gordon's gonna be more than fifty percent owned, which is is what we're seeing. Um, and that is because of like the win equity. I would. I'd be under the field on that. And like I like Malcolm Gordon in this fight. Uh, he's the Canadian fighter. Uh, Jimmy Flick, they're both lost. I think they're both on like, at least two fight losing streaks. Um, Malcolm Gordon has lost to better guys in his career than Jimmy Flick. Uh, so I'd probably rather go with Mal- Malcolm Gordon. He does have like, a pretty good inside the distance line, but you've got to make like some choices. I- I'd much rather go with like the, the inherent advantage of the five rounds, you know, the, the five round possibility rather than counting on Malcolm Gordon to get an early finish. On the high end, these 9K fighters. I mean, you got Malat. I think Malat is going to be the most popular one. And rightfully so, minus 225 inside the distance. He has no wrestling upside. I mean, he's essentially a power puncher. He's facing Neil Magny, who is past his prime uh, and most likely gets knocked out here. But you got Jasuda Vicious and Robertson, who are both grapplers. And we see this time and time again. That 9K female fighters, typically, you know, people don't like clicking on the, people don't like the women's MMA fights because there are less, on average, less stoppages. But we also see that a lot of times, you know, when one pitter-patter, 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 how did this woman land 320 strikes? And they break the slate at 143 points, even in a three-round decision victory. Uh, is this the place to get there? Is this the place where, okay, we'll pick one of Strickland or Duplessis. You pluck, pick one of Bueno Silva or Pennington. And then you just like, well, just don't play. Uh, if you're going to choose, like, don't play him a lot, don't play Gordon, and then play play one of the female 9K fighters. And then I think you could play whoever you want at that point. I don't. I think that combination would be much less owned in combination. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I like Mike Malad as a fighter. It's fun watching him fight in Canada. Um, 
I, yeah, I might end up being under the field because I think what you said is actually key there. That he's not really a high volume striker, so he's gotten some early finishes and that's put up some big scores. Uh, but if he's not getting that early finish, like he might not score that well. Like he's not a guy that's going to be putting up 200 significant strikes. Uh, he's got like grappling upside. So I think his yeah his last two wins have been by submission, uh, but it's more of like a a takedown and he like you know grapples and gets the submission than like a like standing on top of the guy, punching him in the face 200 times. And, and that's what we want. We want the punches in it, you know, the punching him in the face, like the, the ground pound, right? Um, so, yeah, actually, I can see Malat actually busting, especially at this price tag. Like, he's the second most expensive fighter on the card. Uh, and, you know, it, yeah, it is possible that he gets a win. Like, he's very likely to get the win, but it might not be the high-scoring win you need at 9,300. So I, I do, I think, maybe going into the mid-range more, being over the field, over the field in the mid range is probably the way to play this card. Okay, but you're not going to have a you're not going to have a, a takedown article for this. No, I don't think so. Um, but we do. But you, we do have an expert survey. Liam, we have Liam picks fights. He, he breaks it down. Uh, you'll be you'll be on MMA Crunch Time tomorrow, though, right? I'll be on MMA Crunch Time tomorrow. I think we're going to do it a little bit earlier. I think uh, we're going to do it before the football games. So I think we're going to have it at three. Uh, and then on uh, Grinders Live tonight for NBA, actually. Right, we got M- we got NBA action tonight. We got all the projections, all the props and pick them for NBA, for NHL, for everything. We got statistical projections for everything. So even if you're not playing DFS, you know i i use I use our projections here at Roto Grinders for all my props and pick them action. So check that out. Uh, check out all the shows that we have here on the channel. Hit that thumbs up button. On your way out the door, hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Remember, programming note. You won't see a thumbnail with my face on it until February 1st, okay? I'm not dead. I haven't been fired from Roto-Grinders. John, I'm going to get these. I, I always, I say this, I do this all week, anytime I go on vacation. I And I'm only doing it because if I don't, in the past, I've gotten like 10 messages, 12 messages, 15 messages. After two or three days, they're like, are you dead? Are you fired? Right? Did you go broke? Did you quit DFS? Are you never doing a show again? Right? And even mentioning this every day for a week, I'm just going to minimize. I'm just going to cut that in half. because I'm still going to get like five or six messages. That's like, oh, I watch your show every day. Uh, Are you done with it? It's like, well, obviously you haven't watched it the past week because I've said a million times. I'm not dead. I'm on vacation. Should should be a nice cruise. It'll be uh, nice to get into the warm weather. But uh, good to know that you still alive, not fired. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe maybe that's what happens when I'm gone. Maybe I come back and I'm dead. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm both dead and fired and broke right. and all at the same time. Maybe maybe that ends up happening. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> I'm on one of those those cruise ships that you're gonna see on the news. It's gonna be whatever that's stuck. It's it's sinking or or everyone has a disease or something. They won't let it into the country. Who knows? Maybe I'm one of those. Those people, I become, I come back a leper, and it's like we can't have any lepers on Roto Grinders. You're out of here. Get out of here. Shows a great advertisement for the cruise industry. <laughs> um. Yes, <laughs> I'm still going on it. So who cares? Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So hit that thumbs up button. Uh, I will see you back on February first. Right. Like like a, like I always am here Monday through Friday. Most most Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick 'em on Roto Grinders today.
Thank <laughs> you.